Welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. Uh, On Tap this week, I've got the current chair of FCSI of the Americas. He's been active in FCSI since I took over as Executive Director over 10 years ago. And he's a great colleague and even a, a better friend over the years. Um, in one of the strangest leadership roles I've ever witnessed in my association management career that spans over 30 years, he's had to lead this association through this COVID-affected world so far. So the Vice President of Clevenger and Associates, Midwest Division, please welcome Mr. Eric Norman to the show. Hey, Eric. How are you doing, Wade? Good, man. Thanks for joining us today. I see. Yeah, it's good to be here. I see you got the memo to wear the same shirt as me. That was great. Uh, oh no! <laughs> Perfect. Of course, right? Yeah, of course. That's yeah, just, just I don't think goes, anybody yeah. that knows us would be surprised that this happened and we did not <laughs> exactly. try to set it up. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you come from a very, um, a very interesting background. Something similar but yet different than some of the other consultants. So. To get started, just tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started in the industry as a food service consultant, um, and kind of what you, uh, especially the Midwest division of Clevenger, specialize in with some of the top three or four segments maybe that you guys focus on. Well, my start was a little bit unique. I actually, obviously, like most kids in high school, worked in various you know fast food restaurants or local joints. Um, I was a line cook. I ran the drive-through at Dairy Queen for some time. Um, you know, so I always had some food service experience at a very young age. Um, while I was growing up and in entering high school, my father, um, who had been in food service his whole life in many different facets, he actually ran a buying group for independent restaurants for a long time. He worked for Broadline Distributors for a long time. And I think it was about 1996 or 97, he decided to start his own consulting company, um, in particular design consulting and then some management advisory services on top of that. Um, being young and impressionable at the age of you know 16, he asked if I was interested in joining the firm. And at that time, I thought it, you know, it sounded like a unique opportunity and something I'd be interested in. So in high school, I actually started working for him in kind of an administration role, um, filing cut sheets and catalogs, uh, maintaining the contact database, and slowly starting to learn design processes and how to um, do drafting on AutoCAD, things like that. Um, and then when it came time for me to graduate and move on to college, I just had to decide if this is something I wanted to continue with or if I wanted to take another career path. And at that point, I said, well, yeah, let's go for it. So I went and got a degree in business management at Loris College here in Dubuque, Iowa. And in the meantime, took classes at a local community college in uh, blueprint reading, construction management, and, um, and AutoCAD. So I had the skill set to do the design side. And after that, it was 20 years of my father and I working together at MVP Services Group and doing projects all around the Midwest and some, you know, even more yeah. just regionally here. And about three years ago, uh, Brent Hall and myself, Brent's also on the board, uh, yeah. started chatting and uh, we determined that uh, there was some synergy between our firm and Clevenger Associates. And at that point, uh, we thought it made sense for us to merge. So uh, we became Clevenger Associates Midwest office. Nice. Um, and that's kind of the short and long of it. I know that's yeah. about 24 years of recap right there. So, <laughs> But yeah, so now we're Clevenger Associates Midwest. And um, in this office here, we're very multi-segmented in the work we do. 
Um, a lot of our core business when we were MVP services group was education based, a lot of K through 12, some higher education, um, culinary schools, things like that. Uh, but we also did, you know, we also do a lot of uh, restaurant work, um, hotels, uh, a lot of business and industry accounts, um, resorts, you know, so it's a really good mix of all different market segments, both commercial and non-commercial. Nice. Now I have to ask yeah. when, when you worked for Dairy Queen, could you do the perfect swirl to top? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they teach, they teach you that in your first week of training, actually. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they have to. I'm sure they have to. Yeah. That's, yep. So when you get a new project come across your desk as a designer, what is your method of working? Are you a, uh, a sketch first out or are you computer right away? Are you color coding things? I mean, how, what is your method to get from discussion to that first mm-hmm. set back to the client? Uh, being that when I first started in this, um, I was all AutoCAD based, right? So that's how I jumped in. It was, everything's done on the computer. So if I get a base plan from an architect and I'm, sitting down, figuring out how I want to start this project. I really go through kind of a, sp- a space planning exercise first, but still on AutoCAD. So I'll take a look at the room or the kitchen or whatever it may be, and I'll start drawing square foot uh, square footage boxes based on, you know, how many meals per day, what kind of wear washing, you know, all the different things that we discuss in the upfront programming. And I'll start drawing out those spaces um, in just square footage blocks. So I know how much uh, room I need for each function of the, the particular project I'm working on. And then once I have that established, I will actually start schematic design. And I do all my schematic design on the computer um, okay. directly on, I don't do anything by hand. If, okay. You know, that's something that I was never taught really to to draw by hand. I think my generation was a little past that. So. Yeah, I agree, I agree. With all the projects you've done and you said you've already as young as you are, you've already been in the industry for so long doing this. What is your favorite project you've ever worked on? Um, there's actually more than one. I was thinking about this a little bit prior to our call. I actually just got done with a, a pretty fun project for me. It was actually, if anybody from the Midwest would know, Casey's General Stores are a mm-hmm. massive um, C-store chain all across the Midwest. And growing up, you know, we would on road trips and anywhere yeah. else there's you always see Casey's in, in all sorts of little towns and, and big towns and everywhere else. So um, we got a call that Casey's wanted to redo their uh, corporate headquarters okay. um, over in Ankeny, Iowa. And so I was uh, the project manager on that project and the lead designer. And that was really fun. Uh, the project team was great. Everybody at, at Casey's corporate was awesome. The architects were great to work with. And the end result turned out to be a real beautiful project at a brand that I have known and grown up with for so long. So that was, that was really unique um, yeah. to have that experience. Well, that's a great, ex- and then- great one too, because if you're from the Midwest, like you said, Casey's is for the most part in a lot of small towns, it's only mm-hmm. store. So it's not only a restaurant that serves pizza and chicken and whatever else it depends on the the different store, but coffee and sodas, and then it's got your groceries. So that might, and gas, obviously. So that might be the only thing I know in the town I grew up in, that was our general store and our only gas station and our only place to get food. So that's yeah, a great experience. Exactly. What was the other one? Yeah. I, I, I interrupt you. What was the other one? Oh, no problem. Um, the other one, it's actually, there's a local restaurant called Brazen Open Kitchen and Bar here. And this is a project that Ed and myself worked on together. Um, it's a local operator. His name's Kevin. And he was a chef at a local casino here for a long time and then decided he wanted to open his own restaurant. 
Uh, we did the design on that project. And then Kevin uh, has really made a name for himself in, in the chefing world around uh, the Midwest, more you know in the regional area, but also more nationally as well. Uh, Kevin was actually on um, not the most recent season, but the season before of Top Chef. Nice. Um, so Kevin has gone on to do great things. The restaurant here in town is very successful. And it's, uh, it's cool to work on a project that has such a local impact as well. Yeah, absolutely. What, tell me something about Eric Norman that no one would ever guess about you. I am an avid pool player. <laughs> um, okay. I guess that, that one just came to mind for some reason. Um, I shoot in leagues on Monday night and have for 12, 15 years. Um, and it's something I really enjoy. And I have a, a good group of buddies that I've been playing with and, and we do our league and Anytime we get together, we're always shooting pools. So kind of nice. an off the wall fact, you know. Well, it's you. You just ruined every hustle you could have done in FCSI. So, <laughs> yeah, like giving it away. So you have no more conference hustles anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you just ruined it for yourself. What's yeah. um? So in all, you know, with all the projects you've done, tell me about the greatest screw up you've ever done. Like, what's the biggest mistake you've ever done, and what did you learn from that mistake? I've been lucky in the fact that I haven't had anything that has been very colossal in terms of um, a spec being missed or, or anything like that. Um, I would say the biggest one is um, missing plumbing connections okay. on a particular piece of equipment that uh, resulted in quite a large change order. They had to bring in water and a drain for a particular piece of equipment. And uh, that ended up, that's back when I was MVP services group before we merged with Clevenger quite a few years ago. And that ended up costing us a bit of money that we had to take care of that change order. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, luckily I have not had anything that's been catastrophic nice. or, or really major on a project. So Nice. Now, so you're the, I'm sure you're aware of this, but you're the youngest chair of FCSI the Americas in its history. Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean to you to be a young leader and a young you mean, essentially, for those of you who don't know, the way FCSI is positioned, there's a worldwide president, but then each division, which is Asia, Pacific, Europe, Africa, Middle East, and the Americas, which is what we are, has their own chair, which is the president of their division. So just to clarify that for everybody, what's it mean to you to be the, the, the chair of a division at your age? Um, I, this one kind of goes back, God, a number of years. I don't even remember how many, but I remember... When I went to my first conference was 2001 in Orlando, Florida. Um, that's back when FCSI paired conferences with NAFM. And I remember being very young. I was 18 at the time, I believe. And being at that conference, it was very exciting. It was all new. It was all really cool. But I also noticed that there was a huge age gap between myself and most people in the room. Um, at that time, didn't think much of it. You know, just kind of yeah. figured this is my you know, future career, future association. But as I went to the next, you know, conference two years later, four years after, you know, two years after that, I started noticing that that trend had not changed. And I got it in my head at that point that, okay, something's got to got to change here. You know, this association needs to get you some younger members in. Inherently, what we do is something that a lot of, you know, people right out of college can't just jump into. You need experience or a great mentor. Um, so at that point, I think it was 2007, somewhere around there, 2008, I kind of made it a personal mission to get involved with FCSI and the association and try to start making some positive change in terms of getting younger people involved, um, you know, trying to 
not revamp the society, but maybe change the demographic a bit. Sure. And at that time, and at that time, Wade is when we started the icon committee, yeah. which was the up and coming or new members. And that started to take off. So, uh, you know, I started looking at it and going, well, you know, this icon committee is working out well, maybe we should have a path from that to the board or make yeah. some sort of connection between the two. And at that point I became a guest of the board from the chair of the icon committee. And I saw how the inner workings of our association board worked. And I said, well, I can do that. And I volunteered, I believe, two or three years later as a trustee position. And the rest is kind of history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so my history with the association goes back quite a while. Yeah, it does. Um, so I, even though I may be the youngest chair, I feel like I, I still have a, um, a I would. good snapshot of our historical perspective. I and, would agree. And, You're definitely a different breed because of the fact that you've been involved for so long that it doesn't feel like you're the youngest at times because you've got such a historical background with the association. It, you're a seasoned professional, even though you're at a younger age than most people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So if you were in front of a, a college group or people that have recently graduated from college, what piece of advice would you give them to help them um, get into food service consulting? What would you recommend? Getting into it is one thing. Um, I mean, there's job post things. You can go work for a consultant. You can, you know, um, become on or come on to a, a, a firm as a, uh, as an intern. The biggest piece of advice I would give anyone that comes into it and once they're with a firm or, or really thinking about it is realize that you are not going to know everything up front and that there's going to be a year's long learning curve for this. Um, I remember many, many times when I first started, when I was, you know, in my late teens and early 20s thinking, man, how am I going to ever know all that I need to know to do this job? And my father, Ed, just kept reassuring me, well, you know, you'll continually learn and you'll continually, um, you know, expand your knowledge base as you continue on in the industry. And I think that holds true from the time you start as a consultant until the time you retire. Yeah. Um, you're constantly learning and, and experiencing new things um, that will shape your designs and help you in your career. I, I agree. And I think with FCSI, what we really try to promote, and, and I know you're a believer in this, and I've talked about it with other consultants, is you know, we, we really are trying to make sure that our consultant members are always growing by reading, by studying, by uh, attending CEUs, events and things of that nature because we don't want people to come stagnant they need mm -hmm. to be a lifelong learner and that's what we want from people so you mentioned your dad ed who obviously you started mm -hmm. with tell me one thing that you learned from ed that you're ashamed to admit like oh, what's something he told you about you're like <laughs> man i hate to admit it because this will inflate his ego a little bit but this is he did teach me this ah uh, one thing i'm ashamed that he taught me Man, I, I don't know. I, it's been so I've worked with him for over 20 years. So there's so many things <laughs> that I've learned from him that I can't just pick out one. That's, All right. that's tough. I, I'm not sure I can do that. He tried to get me to tell you that one, but he wouldn't. I wouldn't go for it. So um, <laughs> bef before we switch gears into a little bit lightheartedness, tell me a little bit about, um, I mean, what do you want to see FCSI look like in the future? Obviously, you're younger. You're going to be a part of this mm -hmm. association for a long time to come. What do you want the future of FCSI to look like? I want FCSI to, to continue to and 
um, remain progressive society. Um, I know over the last uh, six years, especially, um, I've seen things jump leaps and bounds in terms of how our events have been shaped, how our education has been shaped, um, catering to a wider audience um, in regards to demographics, uh, age. Um, I want to see that continue. I want to see FCSI be as inclusive as possible, um, including expanding our specialties. You know, right now we're really focused on design consulting and MAS consulting, but there's many other consultant types out there. There's technology consultants, POS consultants. I want to see that maybe expand okay. um, and our membership continue to grow. Good. Like I said, I like to end things on a little bit lighter of a note. So I've come up with a, uh, a few things on the would you rather scale of items. So we're going to take a little look into Eric's personality with these answers. So to get started, just uh, would you rather be covered in snakes or bees? Uh, snakes. Would you rather be able to sing or be able to dance? Dance for sure, because I'm absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather own a restaurant or own a dollar store? Uh, restaurant, for sure. Would you rather give up TV for a year or give up the internet for a year? Uh, TV, that's an easy one. Be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds? Oh, boy. Um, I think I'd like to read minds. I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it could be very dangerous, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, have all the traffic lights you approach changed to green or never have to stand in line again? Uh, never have to stand in line again. I, I agree with that. See your for sure. Would you rather see your future or fix your past? I would like to see my future as long as nothing terrible <laughs> happens. <laughs> we don't get to choose. It's not a. Well, I, I, <laughs> I mean, my past, my past isn't bad. There's not much I need to fix. This is there. true. Would you rather have unlimited first class plane tickets or never have to pay for food at restaurants again? Unlimited first class first class plane tickets for sure. Only be able to use a fork and no spoon or be able to use a spoon and no fork forever? Uh, spoon and no fork. You okay. can't eat soup with a fork. All right. Would you rather be an <laughs> unknown superhero or a famous villain? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think unknown superhero. All right. And the last one would be, would you rather fight a duck the size of a horse or 100 horses the size of ducks? 100 horses the size of ducks. All right. Very <laughs> good. Sure. Uh, dude, a horse-sized duck yeah. would be kind of scary. Yeah. So tell me, Eric, uh, I mean, that's it for us. Tell me, how can people find out more about you and Clevenger? Um, our ad, our website address is www.clevenger, which is C-L-E-V-E-N-G-E-R-A-S-S-O-C.com. And if you want to contact me directly, my email address is eric, E-R-I-C, at clevengerassoc.com. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you. I know we talk all the time anyways, Chair, it's, but uh, when I get to know a little bit more about you, it's always uh, an enjoyment for me. That wraps up this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI The Americas. If you'd enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to help us spread the word. Uh, like, subscribe to our channel, um, and check back next week when we welcome another FCSI member to the show. Until then, cheers. Cheers.